Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I'm Pastor Kamisha. You're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, we're going to open up in prayer. God, we thank you. We just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And we love you. And we just bless your name, Jesus. And we call you holy. We call you worthy of all of our praise, all of our trust, all of our adoration. And you're worthy for us to cast our cares on you. We can trust you to do that, Lord. That's your request and petition of us. And because you are so faithful, because you are so good, because you can handle it, we obey you, God. We choose to enter into that agreement with you and that covenant, and we submit to you, God. We cast our cares on you, and now we resist the devil, and he is bound to flee from us. And we thank you for that, Jesus. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to be in our midst, and we welcome your presence. We welcome your influence. We welcome your guidance, and we welcome your correction and edification and teaching. We bless the people that are listening to this podcast. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your joy in this new year and the life and the light that you are speaking unto them and revealing to them, Lord. We just bless you, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for deep understanding and revelation, but that the word be written on the tablet of our heart. Thank you, Lord God, for writing it for us. And we willingly add to it, Lord God, that we trust you. We find pleasure in your word and your commandments are not burdensome to us. They're easy, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and much a better alternative than being in the world. So we we bless your name, Lord. We glorify you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. I'm glad you're all with us as we continue our study in the book of Romans. And this morning, we're going to reread in chapter Romans 14, verses 10 through 19. As we, we didn't get to cover a whole lot, well, and by that I mean <laughs> it, as it relates to the amount of verses. Of course, we cover what the, what the Holy Spirit was speaking and ministering to each of us. So, But there's a lot more to discuss, or mm-hmm. not but, that negates what I said. <laughs> Forgive me. And, and okay. there is a lot more to discuss. So, can I get a volunteer to read Romans 14, verses 10 through 19, please? I will. All right, LaCharles, let's hear it, sir. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another any more, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in his spirit. 
For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and pro- approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Amen. And amen. So, at this time, the floor is open for each of you to share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions that you have. So, who would like to begin? Boo, are you going to go? I'll go. All right, sir. Okay. Um, I want to comment on verse 13. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall to fall in our brother's way. What was just showing me here that I can instantly relate to what Paul is saying here is because I know in my own life I may see Promise or Layla walking right past me and I decide to stick my foot out so they trip and fall because I would think it'd be funny to see them fall. But what Paul is saying here is that he's admonishing us not to do that because while it may seem funny to us, the hurt and harm it caused to the other person is not funny. And so I'd say Paul is saying here is that as you, you should treat others as you want to be treated. You don't want other people to purposely be making you fall over or putting in the stuff, stuff in the way so that way it's a hindrance to you. But you want it to be clear. Like an example, if I'm trying to get somewhere, I say, excuse me, or ask Leland promise to get something out of the way so I can walk past. So Paul is saying here is, if you want that done to yourself, first do that to others, and then you should expect to be to see others do that for you. <clears throat> and then after that, I like to go to verse 14. And I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. This reminded me of just a devotional we had on Tuesday and how mommy had said that if somebody else, the Lord told her not to eat sugar, she's not going to prohibit other people from eating sugar. So the Lord is just saying here is that it's, there's a, everything that the Lord created, he said it was good, but there becomes a place where we take it out of context and put it somewhere where it's not supposed to be. For an example, like with mommy said with sugar, if I become, I say, addicted to sugar and that's all I eat all day, then it becomes a problem and an issue. So, um, so Paul is saying here is that when we take it out of context of what is being told and said inside of the situation... That is when it becomes sinful and unrighteous. Continue, sir. Hmm. Oh, and a good example of this is if mommy says, you can have a cookie, but I take it upon myself to have two. That's unrighteous. Well, I may have been told I could have a cookie. If I take two of them, it becomes unrighteous because I've taken it out of context. She said one, not two. So that's what Paul is saying here is that everything that the Lord created is good and is suitable for its purpose. But when man tries to take it away from God and saying, no, Lord, I'll control this. You just get in the back seat. I'll drive. That's when it becomes an issue. 
So the Charles, when you were talking about verse 13 and you gave the example of if you were to trip, intentionally trip your, your brother or sister, right? Yes. That's kind of malicious though, isn't it? That's mean, right? Yes. Yes. That's a, that's a, that's a, a, um, that's an interesting reflection of our heart. And certainly that is something we should never do. But do you think maybe Paul is trying to take it a little bit deeper here than that? Can you think of a different example to take it a little bit deeper? Like trying to, trying to stay with your, I'm trying to think of how to stay with your example. So let's say that your shoelace came untied and you knew it was untied, but you didn't tie it. And it caused you to stumble and you fell into someone else. They fell down. Now you caused them to stumble because of your inaction. Not because of you had an evil heart per se. So I think Paul was trying to get us to understand here how important it is for us to consider everything that we do. Which goes back to what we were talking about in our last podcast and, and ultimately in everyone and that's being led by the Holy Spirit. Am I filtering my words before I say them? to ensure that they're in line with the Holy Spirit so that I'm not responsible if there is offense. Yes. Um, I'd say a better example is, okay, I, in my own life, when I do math, I tend to skip steps and just get to the end, condense two or three of them together and just solve it like that. But many times I make a mistake in my fundamental math and I, I end up teaching somebody else wrong. So an example is like if I try to teach promise how to multiply, but I say, yeah, I don't want to multiply that number. I'll just start at this one because it's easier to look at. And promise gets it wrong. It's my fault because I have taught him incorrectly. So like you're saying, Mr. Dean, he could be saying that while we may understand how to do it, but we don't do it correctly and teach someone else how to do it incorrectly, it is wrong. It reminds me of the... Uh, Bible project, I think you called it, about what book was it? Jude, where they're saying, where he was saying, everything that they're teaching is right, but do not live how they're living. Meaning, so what I'm trying to get at that example is that while they may not always get everything correct, they have the understanding and knowledge, and sometimes that by watching them, it may cause a stomach block from somebody else who says, "Okay, they're doing that, so that may be okay." Wait a second there, sir. He said, what they are giving you is right, not what they were teaching. And they sure weren't living it out. But what were they giving the people? The word. The word is the word. It goes forth and accomplishes all the Lord plan and purpose. It doesn't return void. Mr. Dad, I was referring to that. I was okay. saying there... It's not necessarily that some what someone is teaching, because there can be errors in what people teach. Yes. But the word is the word. And that that's the difference. The Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes were teaching or they were reading, they were giving the word. Right? Yes. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So they were giving people Christ. But they weren't following him or living it out as we are called to do which goes back to what we're talking about here right and and yesterday 
between yourself and, and Dean, uh, an example was given about food, right? Yes. And about stumbling and about offense. Well, we can go right back to Romans 9, 33, right? As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. And you find that in other places in the Old Testament. But just for, um, you know, I'll say brevity, but also just keep it close proximity to where we are at in Scripture. Right? Yes. See, that clearly is talking about Christ and the gospel. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The gospel is already offensive on its own, but it's offensive to those who don't want to hear truth, who don't want to abide by truth and live it out. It matters. It matters for all of us. Yes. But in this, Paul is also addressing us, right? Because when you get down to verse 14, he begins discussing the love component, which is why we should not, or we'll go back to 13, uh, Romans 14, verse 13. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. On the example of food that you brought up, or, or that was brought up in the last podcast, right? Uh, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and read verses 8 through 13. Eight to thirteen, please. But food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eat, you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge, shall a weak brother perish for whom Christ died? But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Okay. So what's he say there? Verse 8 sounds an awful lot like verse 17, right? In, in Romans 14. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. But then he says here in 1 Corinthians 8, 9, Beware, lest somehow the liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. And then in verse 13, Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat. All right, this is something that, uh, Dean, I believe you brought this up in the last podcast. Like, what if it's a vegan? If, if that's what my brother or sister in Christ, or whoever it is, has an issue with, there is stumbling. Well, it's free for me to eat meat and whatever, right? Yes. Lord made all things clean, all right? There's liberty is what he's talking about. I can do that in my own home, in the comfort and privacy of my own home. But when I'm around that individual or those individuals, it's okay 
for me to restrain myself or my flesh from partaking in that thing. Right? Yes. But why? Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 19, please. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. Okay. So I can be a servant to all that I might win them. And who's he winning them to? To Christ. Mm -hmm. To Christ. He's buffeting his flesh. He's refraining, restraining himself to not create offense so that others can see the good works, so he can serve them. What did Christ say? If any of you desires to be great, let him be a servant to all. Mm-hmm. Well, is it impossibility to serve yourself, your flesh, right, selfishness, and then also serve others? Mm-hmm. Is it impossibility to do both of those things at the same time? So he neither gave offense nor took offense. Because if he was seeking to serve himself, he would have been like, well, why can't I eat my meat? I won't exactly. eat meat or you know, whatever it was. And arguments and fights and all and quarrels mm-hmm. and everything else, right? But then uh, also in 1 Corinthians 9, read verses 22 and 23, please. To the weak, I become as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be partaker of it with you. Okay, so let's also look at that. He's also not doing anything that violates the Word of God mm-hmm. or his relationship with the Word of God, right? That's yes. that's a caveat and a buffer, something that he also watches, right? But didn't he just yes. talk about that in chapter 8? Of 1 uh, uh, Corinthians, okay. right? Um. And as a first time, beware lest somehow the liberty of yours become a stumbling block for those who are weak. He's trying to build them up and give grace. Mm-hmm. And he can only do that through love. And it's literally just displaying the love of Christ that he already gave us. That he already gave us. But let's not stop there. Uh, let's go on to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And it's really verses 23 through 33. Actually, yes. Please read that. Can someone please read 1 Corinthians 10, verses 23 through 33. I will. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Eat what is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. If any of those who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat what is ever set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for conscience's sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Conscious, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with things, why am I evil spoken of over the food which I give things? 
Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all things to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that many may be saved. Doesn't that echo exactly what we were just talking about and what Paul wrote in the other two chapters in Corinthians and is writing about here in Romans 14? Yes. All things are lawful for me, but they're not all helpful. Not everything edifies. But again, don't seek, let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Right? What are the two greatest commandments? To love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. And love your neighbor as yourself. In the natural, people like to put themselves first. So if you look at what he said the second greatest commandment is, and even in the first greatest commandment, you're putting someone else first. You're putting the Lord first. Then you're putting the Lord's people, everyone he created, first. Love your neighbor. Who's my neighbor? It's not just those in the body or the bride of Christ. It's everyone the Lord created. I'll put them first. I can restrain myself and buffet my own flesh to not create offense. I don't have to engage in arguments and quarrels and all those other things or eat things that will offend them. Right? And again, yes. if you continue down there, he says, hey, don't do things that violate Scripture, right? Don't eat meat sacrificed to idols, especially if you're made aware of it. If you're not aware of it, it's just food, right? Yes. But if you have a question, if you're not sure, he's saying, let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Err on the side of caution. It's better to refrain and restrain than create offense and have other people question your liberty, right? But then he says, hey, whatever you eat or drink, do it to the glory of God, which is putting the Lord first and putting our neighbor before ourself. And you can only do that if you truly love God and love our neighbor. Can't do it if you're seeking selfish gain and behavior and what can I benefit and prosper out of this? It's real difficult to give grace when you're also trying to snatch gain for yourself. Go ahead, sir. Okay. This is, I don't, last devotion I wanted to build up what Bubby originally said about going over, going over the same mountain and how Lois talked to me about when you, when you're looking at your being arrogant or going, well, I know, I know that I'm not doing that. And when you're arrogant, you don't see you're going on your same mountain and you blind yourself. Mm. And it just kind of reminds me of sometimes when we go on trips I like to go to sleep a lot. Mm -hmm. So then when mommy and dad ask, how is this eating me? I can't tell them anything. Hmm. Okay. So what does that mean to you, my love? Yes, please explain, sir. And how... It's the same with the Lord. 
when you're too busy looking at something else, you can't see what you're doing. Hmm. Why is that important here? Because it... In Corinthians, I believe, Corinthians, I believe, Paul said, run your own race. Hmm. He didn't say, look at the other guy beside you and say, he's not running inside of his line. Okay, so you're you're speaking from the other perspective of the one who may take offense to what someone else is doing. And you're saying, run your own race. Yes. Okay, and so we're we're charged to not only not give offense, but also not take offense because while it's not explicitly conveyed here to the to the one who would be on the side of being offended because someone is doing something he's he's talking to the one who is stronger in faith and not letting their strength or their knowledge cause them to be offensive to the one who's weaker it's also a bringing up and a, a calling to come up for the one who's weaker to go oh this doesn't this isn't just a pathway that's paid for me to stay here but I should take note and heed what he's saying to the one who appears to be stronger. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. There, there's two sides to this as believers because we come from the path of being babies to maturing and then to becoming full-grown adults and then adults, uh, full-grown spiritual adults who are able to fa- parent or father and mother um, other babies in Christ as they come, but we all had to come this way and we all had to come and learn to not take offense to others and the liberty that they may have in Christ and not confuse them. And as you were talking about the, um, what was offered to idols, I just wanted to touch on why that's important. If someone tells you this was offered to an idol, if you eat that knowingly, it's as though you're consenting to idolatry and it's also as though that god and this idol are one and the same or interchangeable and they're not the same thing they are buddha's not jesus muhammad's not jesus allah's not god god is god (laughs) jesus is god right so um in that if you if you I, i call it winking at sin if you go oh it's the same thing no difference then how does the one who's weaker or outside ever come up and come into the truth and the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and reach salvation. They're hindered in that as well. If one who is stronger appears to consent and agree with um, what's being done or said. Um, Anyone else? Not for this one. Okay, I'll have one more thing to share, right? And it goes... Still on the food topic, right? Because that's what Paul is discussing here. And it's verse 15, right? If your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died, right? And as we were sitting here discussing this, I was reminded of Ephesians 6 4. Which you also find in Colossians 3.21. But Ephesians 4 says it this way. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Colossians says it this way. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Right? 
Here in, in Romans, it says, do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. And in all those scriptures, it's don't, or yes, don't make, make it difficult for the weak, your children, right, to follow the Lord. What, how does John phrase it all the time? In, in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, what does, he call, what does he call other brothers and sisters in Christ? Little children. Little children. Right? Little children are, are not, I'm not saying they're not strong, but there's a whole different kind of strength. They're not yet fully developed. They're not fully developed, right? So they don't have the same strength as a full-grown, mature Adult or comprehension exactly and the comprehension would override their physical strength because comprehension so, is more the key than so in effect they would be weaker yes mm. yes okay so let's not make things difficult let's not make it difficult for others to come to and follow the Lord mm-hmm. we should be making it difficult for them to not follow the Lord <laughs> amen. 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 Well, let's pause there for today. So can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right. Promise. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for making it where we're your little children that there's no no such thing as being two two people's children. Why we make serving two masters? Oh, okay, okay. We cannot serve two masters. Amen. Go ahead. And that making where we're able to make a choice, and it's not predecided for us. Mm-hmm. Well, I also mm-hmm. just thank you for making it where you're there, and that we can pick you. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.